Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Green Bay from Mike Clemens, brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin Veteran Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu slash veterans. How about that, baby? Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, Mike Clemens. Mike Clemens. Bart, Ryan, am I pre-produced or that thing you just played is pre-produced? No, you're, no one's as, as, well, I don't know where I'm going with this. Yeah, right, whatever. trying to compliment you, but also say something dumb. How are you, Mike? Uh, Listen, Packer fans, um, I don't understand why there isn't a little bit more, you know, from the escape, all the crappy stuff of 2020, that there isn't a little bit more uh, happiness excitement or appreciation for the Green Bay Packers. And it's not like suddenly Mark Murphy sending me PR checks or something. It's just that. No, you've been getting those for 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's, you know, I go in there every day and it's just like, okay, what is this team doing to win football games? But yesterday, you know, you talk about, well, it's still too young and they, they, they built through the draft, you know, there's some guys that you better start really appreciating because they're going to be gone. And when you look around and you've got Mason Crosby and Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams absolutely now peaking, you know, in his career, and Kenny Clark, and you bring in, you know, guys like Darius and Adrian Amos, who's really come on as is kind of a leader. It's like there's plenty here. There's plenty here. There'd be not. It'd be nice to have one more aggressive monster. Somewhere as a linebacker or maybe a, a hard-hitting hybrid safety or something over on the defensive side of the ball. Sure, uh, you know it'd be nice if Alan Lazard had five years' experience rather than a year and a half and time missed with an injury uh, at wide receiver. But you know when you look at Jones and Jamal Williams in the backfield, I mean, come on, it, you know now is the opportunity. And then you talk to Mason Crosby, who's I think he's 15 for 15 for field goals this year. Missed a couple of PATs. And this guy is just, he's unfazed. He's just unfazed. You know, he goes through camp. They bring in some competition last summer. And then we find out several weeks after the fact, Bill Huber's talking to him. He says, well, yeah, my wife Molly's been battling cancer. So he was dealing with that during training camp, taking care of the five kids. So we get to talk to him yesterday. Now, the one thing I thought was kind of weird was how uh, he was not kicking off there for three or four games and that the punter, J.K. Scott, was kicking off. And, you know, when these games are on TV, you know, they don't really focus on it as much. But, you know, when I'm in the stadiums, these empty stadiums, I'm peeled. My eyes are peeled to these special teams coverage, who's doing what, and, and how J.K. Scott, you know, has been able to fill in 
while Crosby was doing some of the field goals. So I asked Mason yesterday, so the report, the injury report says that you'd injured your left calf. Did that happen against the Texans? And, you know, J.K. had to kick off for the next couple of games. Yeah, yeah, I did. I had a had a calf strain. Um, and, yeah, I think it came from that, uh, that Texans game kicking off. Um, I don't know if it was just from – Kind of wear and tear, um, you know, just uh, just overuse. But uh, you know, I, I was able to take a couple of weeks off. Uh, fortunate, felt you know, was really happy. I didn't have to miss any time, um, you know. And I was I was thankful that J.K. could step in, and uh, you know, he did a good job uh, filling in and kicking off uh, for those few games. We'll hear more from Mason in a second. Uh, J.K. Scott, I saw a stat this week that he's got like the second best yards per punt in Packers history. He's averaging about 45 yards per punt, which well, took me by surprise because I, I watch him and I like I thought he was bad. <laughs> that does take me by surprise too because he's had a stretch of games where he was not good, and then he had some sort of a, a personal matter, and he's not spoken to reporters. But the weekend of the game in Indianapolis, they're on the road. He did not get on the team plane, and then flew down Sunday morning. The game the morning of. Had some short kicks there, so something was going on with him or his family or, or whatever that we didn't know about. There was a time before, it was like a couple of years ago, that it turned out his wife was, was due at the time, and so they were having a baby. But we, we've not heard uh, as to what happened with that situation. He seems to be you know, back on track now, except for tackling when it comes to punt coverage. <laughs> you know, yeah. he, whiffed, he whiffed on that yeah, one. He sucks. Yeah, that. yeah. Um, and, you know, and we've been talking to Sean Menega, the special teams coordinator, about, you know, do you, do you need to go to LaFleur and say, listen, I need some starters, you know. I mean, I, we, we're getting into postseason now. Let's come up with our two best gunners uh, and, and let's be a little more established here. So the other thing I thought was interesting is that Mason Crosby was still kicking field goals in PATs, just not kickoffs after he strained it. He kicked off six times against the Texans, and maybe something happened there. But with the, we had these two games at Lambeau against the Vikings and the Jaguars, particularly the game against the Vikings. The wind was crazy. And it was one of the windiest days I can remember ever in a long time at Lambeau. And the only thing that surpasses that is the 2007 game. when And Bill Michaels talks about this a lot, too, because we were both down there for that. Gary was with us. 2007 It's the year that the Packers went 13-3 and in Favre you know, ended up throwing the interception to the Giants. Giants went on and beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. The wind was like 50 to 55 miles an hour. On my way to Soldier Field that morning, I had to stop and get some gas. Literally almost got blown over in the parking lot of the gas station <laughs> at one of the Oasis, you know, down there. I'm like, I, I, was, really, I was really concerned. Maybe they were going to call the game. It was just, it was stupid. The, the wind was blowing so heavy that day that, the long snapper would, would snap the ball back to the punter, and the ball would, would curve. You know, if you were the punter, instead of staying behind the center, if you got smart, you had to play the, the break the way the wind was blown and maybe stand behind the guard, somewhere between the guard and the tackle, just to get a long snap. So I asked Mason Crosby about J.K. having to deal with the, those windy days this fall against the Vikings and Jags, and how's that compared to 2007 at Soldier Field? With the Bears and the Packers losing to Kyle Orton. Yeah, that uh, I, I do still remember uh, that game for sure. That uh, that was 
probably in all reality, one of the coldest games I can, I can remember just because the wind was howling across the field, right to our sideline. Uh, we had tiny heaters. I remember guys were burning jackets, uh, you know, like uh, melting the plastic inside their helmets. Um, yeah, it was, it was not good. Uh, but yeah, the, the two games that we've had here at Lambeau this year that, that were really windy were, were tricky. Um, just trying to get a read on it, trying to trust the line. I, I remember, I think it was the Vikings game when I ran out and uh, I saw Dan Bailey, uh, his ball blow off like from the holder, the metal holder uh, where he was just kicking by himself. And I look over and their kicking net was coming flying down the sideline. And uh, that was that was kind of my first uh, entrance into Lambeau that day. And, uh, you know, so I, I so I knew I was going to have to lock in. It was going to be a tough one. Carolina this weekend, it's a Saturday night as we uh, are trying to drill into people's heads and it's it's interesting because they're going to be without McCaffrey Carolina struggled a little bit this season it just feels like it's going to be another one of these weeks where we've seen the last three weeks where Rodgers is going to throw his three touchdowns no interceptions uh there you know it might be close in the score but it'll never really feel close and the Packers should go out there and get their business done where are they looking at like a concern for how Carolina can can beat them well, you know, I'm looking at how the Panthers have performed too. They're five and nine. You know, they they were within three points of beating the Saints down in New Orleans. They did get blown out by the Buccaneers at home in Carolina, 46 to 23. The rest of the game, they beat the the Cardinals uh, at home. And the rest of the games, they're close. You know, they're close. They're within a touchdown or two of winning. They wiped out the Lions, 20 zip. Um, so it's it, you know, Ron Rivera gets fired. Luke Keekley retires, huge leader on defense. And they bring in a college coach, Matt Rule out of Baylor. And last week, I, I, because people were starting talking about, by the way, did you say that Michigan got canceled? Jim Harbaugh, and they're not playing this weekend? Yeah, that game's off too. Ugh. And people talk about, you know, Harbaugh, would he come back to the NFL? And I asked LaFleur about, um, wait, hey, listen, you coached at uh, Notre Dame for a year and, you know, Central Michigan when he was starting out. So he's played, he's been both in the, um, in the league and in college. And I said, what's the difference between a college coach and an NFL coach? And he, he said what everybody would pretty much say. If it's in college, the name of the game is recruitment, is selling your program. If it's in the NFL, welcome to the film room. You're constantly watching film, constantly having to come up with strategies in order to try to win a football game. So, um... So Matt Rule comes in as a college coach. He brings in Phil Snow, a guy who'd worked with him. Now he, Phil had a couple of years with the New York Giants, but he's the defensive coordinator. They run like a cover one. It seems like they're very conservative. And I don't know if they're like running sort of a college defense. They've got a, this Brian Burns is their defensive end. He's he's a threat. He you know he's a guy that the Packers' offensive tackles are going to have to look after. So I asked. He's also a guy the Packers probably should have drafted. Yeah. Yes, there's that too. Um, so I asked Nathaniel Hackett and Matt LaFleur last night about the Carolina defense under their new defensive coordinator, Phil Snow. What do you expect? I mean, they are completely different. Uh, they have uh, instilled a couple of different, very unique things, um, some things that I uh, you, you don't see a lot in the NFL. Um, so you have to make some specific adjustments. But um, just, just compared to the entire league, they're very unique and very different and do some do some things that, um, you have to be sure to sort out with the guys. Um, but, uh, I mean, 
so compared to last year, I mean, it's it's night and day. Oh, it's it's drastically different. It's unlike probably uh, many defenses we've seen this year. So there's been a lot of planning going into it. Uh, they give you a lot of different looks. You know, they, they've played everybody a little bit differently. And so it just gives you a lot to prepare for. Talking with Mike Clemens here on The Fan, Mike Clemens NFL on Twitter. He joins us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Packers of the Panthers coming up Saturday. We were talking to Ryan Wood earlier, as we do on Thursdays, and he said uh, for a team that, you know, is instructed by their coach, because LaFleur always says, yeah, just go one and all that week, just go one and all that week. He said, Devontae, they're certainly look, they know what's in front of them. Devontae talking about, yeah, we got to win these next three, Mike. Yeah, no, Devontae's saying the S word. He's talking about Super Bowl, and it's time. You know, LaFleur can stand up there and talk about just just do your job, be your, do your 111s, pay attention on your lane and on special teams coverage. Uh, it's, you know, know your part, know your role, know your your teammates' role in case you got to back them up if he goes down. That's all fine and good. And, no, don't overlook the Panthers, man. You know, don't – this could be a trap game. Uh, like you think, well, these guys are still trying to find themselves. They would – nothing else they better than – to beat up the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field in prime time on a, on a Saturday night game. But Devontae, who's stepping up, you know, is a little bit more of a vocal leader, says, you know, he's telling these guys now, okay, don't blow off these final three games just because we clinched, because we've got to win these games to get that bye week and to secure home field advantage through the playoffs. You know, you say we win these three games coming into it, just letting them know. Obviously, everyone on the football team knows how the playoffs goes, but to be able to look a, a rookie or a second-year, third-year guy in the space and say, look, we got to win two freaking football games at home, and then we're going to Super Bowl. Oh, Devontae almost swore there. Did you have your hand on the dump button there? Well, because Giannis dropped uh, an S-word yesterday. Oh, he did? Yeah. Um... I feel like in these Zooms, these guys are – I, are guys more comfortable in the Zoom setting for some reason, do you feel, or less? No, they are. They are, because you know what? They're like us, man. They're cooped up. They're at, they're at their homes, you know. And they don't have 20 sweaty people staring them down. No, they're, they're at their homes, and they drive in. Their lockers have all those big plexiglass partitions. Half their meetings now are virtual. They're in different parts of the building, sitting in front of a computer, meeting with their position coach, and their teammates that way. And and the other thing is, you know, what what have we done forever for years is you go and the guy gets takes a shower, he gets dressed, he puts on his clothes, he turns around and says, okay. And then the TV people, they turn on their cameras and the bright lights are on and we're all, you know, elbowing each other, 30, 40 of us trying to jam and get a microphone on the guy's chin to get some sound for the radio. And we give him questions. And, you know, we're all standing there playing Twister they're standing there uh, on their feet um, on camera, and after about five or six minutes, it's okay. Uh, you know, any other questions? Because really, I, I got to get to a meeting. These virtual things. Devontae talked for eighteen minutes yesterday. Eighteen minutes. Two. Th- he's very thoughtful. Yeah, Matt Rule. I saw talked for like forty-five. Yeah, yeah. These guys are more thoughtful and introspective. But the, these Packers now, you know, this is a team that thinks they're on a the cusp of greatness. They, they got a, a new head coach that's off to a 23-6 and six start. You know, they're confident they can make the adjustments, that their offense is hotter than hell, and, you know, they're looking around and saying, okay, who in the NFC seriously can beat us? 
we think we can do this. And then there's Aaron Rodgers. He, you know, I don't think anybody actually asked him, hey, what do you see in the Panthers' defense? I don't think he, he uttered the word the Panthers for 23 minutes because, you know what, the farewell tour is already on. You know, it's this year, it's maybe next year. He's very introspective. And so yesterday morning, I happened to be looking for something else, um, some video. Maybe I typed up his name. And, and up came, for some reason, an old NFL film show, that, uh, that mic'd up show. And it was Rogers, and I thought, well, what is this? So I start clicking it, and there's this incredible scene from when it, he, he's on the sidelines. He's about 25 years old. He walks over. He thinks his team is pretty good, and he walks up to Charles Woodson and Al Harris and says, I think we've got a pretty good squad. And he's kind, of, he's kind of looking for Charles Woodson, the veteran who's been to one Super Bowl, um, is going into the Hall of Fame, you know, for him. Now, you, it's kind of hard to hear, but I, I, I broke this down for Rodgers yesterday. Listen to this answer here. We got a pretty good squad, I think. Yeah. What do you think? I'll take the Super Bowl. I don't know what you think about a good squad. Yeah, Mike, I can hear you. Uh, just by chance, about an hour ago, I stumbled on some NFL films. You're mic'd up. It must have been 2008 because you walk up to Charles and to Al Harris. You say, I think we got a pretty good squad. You're sort of looking for affirmation. And Charles says to you, I don't know about the squad. I know you're going to take us to a Super Bowl. And it's like, I mean, with a serious face, your jaw was dropped. And we know what happened. And when I saw that, I thought, you know, are there any 25-year-olds on this team now coming up to 12 and saying, man, I'm going to get, get you back there? Does it, do you ever get that from those guys? I mean, every now and then, I think, you know, learning from, from those older guys, th that's never exactly what you want to say to them. You, you're not, you don't want to, hey, win this one for me. You know, you just don't really <laughs> approach things that way. I think for me personally as a young player, I wanted to win it for all those older guys, you know, whether it's D-Drive or Seawood, Al, you know, we had Cliffy, you know, we had Tausch, we had a number of older players who hadn't won one yet. I mean, Charles had accomplished everything uh, to accomplish from, you know, Heisman to Defensive Player of the Year. And the ring, I think, kind of just cemented everything in his legacy. Not that it would have been cemented already. I mean, like I've said many times, you know, the best player I've ever played with, uh, just an unbelievable talent. But I think, you know, the thing I take away from that, and I believe it was 2010 in preseason, whether it's family night or a preseason game, uh, probably a preseason game when I was mic'd up, uh, just the confidence that that gave a young player at that time. Um, and also, you know, Charles was a no-nonsense guy, and I think he always appreciated that. And, and Devontae reminds me a lot of him as far as leadership style. But when those guys speak, everybody listens. And the ability that, that those type of players have to instill confidence in young players is astronomical. And the beauty in both guys is that they both understand that. Mercedes as well. They, they all understand how far their word goes. Julius Peppers was the same way, a man of very few words. But when he spoke, man, it was powerful. And I think there's... There's a lot to be said for guys who really understand their power and embrace it at the right opportunities. And to me, that's what leadership is all about. Okay, so your question and his answer, I'm trying to envision that the normal way where you guys are all huddled. And I don't know if you get the time to frame your question. 
I don't know if he goes into that detail of an answer. I know that there's like, you know, you you do a lot of stuff when you get in that locker room. You're you're finding stories everywhere. But man, is it worth the trade off? Because these guys do give you more this way. I just I know this is getting a little inside here, but I'm so fascinated in how when COVID's over or whatever, how things are going to go back if they're going to go back. Because this way, I think you know, there's there's pros and cons to both of them. No, and because. I mean, the truth is, with Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he's on record. He takes about 20 questions when he's standing in his locker. But physically, it just gets to be challenging, as opposed to him sitting there in a chair, comfortable, drinking water. And the other thing is, you know, he knows that he's coming around the home stretch, and he's more reflective in his answers. And, and But this is, this is the whole thing, like, it started with Tim Boyle saying, yeah, he's happier. He's just, he's in a better mood. And Devontae saying that. And this is what he did. This is what he did when, when the Green Bay Packers announced they were selecting Jordan Love, Utah State. Aaron Rodgers made some changes. He started with himself. He's more positive. All of a sudden there's a big clock there on the wall that he hadn't thought about before. I mean, he was even talked when he was asked about Giannis signing. He said, yeah, you know, I bought in as a minority owner of the Bucks because I thought, you know, uh, I'll be around a long, long time. Which is like a reference to say, it's not going to a long, long time anymore. You know, when I first did this two or three years ago, I was thinking, yeah, I've got another 10 years or so. Maybe not. Maybe not. So, um, you know, he's put himself on a clock. That's how he's challenging himself right now. And he's far But you listen to that answer. How much more leadership do you want? I, uh, I would submit that's about as good as it gets right now. Good stuff, Mike. As always, thank you. And we'll talk to you on uh, Tuesday. Thanks, Bart. Mike Clemens, Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If you're applying for a home renovation loan and you're feeling anxious, breathe. Let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of banquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. I think if I'm Rogers, and I we said this uh, earlier this week, with Rogers, I don't ever want to see Jordan Love take a snap as a starting quarterback because that would mean that Rogers is gone. Right. And I don't want Rogers to be gone. I think he does still have a lot of time left. So maybe, you know, Rodgers is going to be a good teammate to Jordan Love. I think he has been. But if if, if I'm Rodgers, my goal is, yes, yeah, Super Bowl, but my goal is also I'm not going to let these guys get rid of me. I, I'm not – I'm going to – look, I'm making $35 million. I, I'm worth more than that this year. I'm going to be an MVP again, maybe. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.